Hi, I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IR. Trick or treat, Lone Star Radio listeners. This is Dick, the general manager, taking this quick moment to remind you that Lone Star Community Radio is looking to fill some of our talk show slots along with some of our DJ slots. We have a new show airing on the 10th, Making Connections with Stacey Harris, which will air every second Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Make sure to check it out along with our other programs on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. And again, if you're interested in doing something with us, Call the station, 936-647-3776. Thanks for checking out this recording, and I hope you guys enjoy. It is Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy and Jake in the studio. Jake not able to determine who he's going to be a fan of, so he's wearing LSU. And is that Michigan on your head? No, it's not Michigan. It's Marymount University okay. in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. There's a story behind that ball cap, I know. Yes. Okay, we're going to listen to That's that That's where that long-lost love went. <laughs> Never returned. Never returned. I'm still looking for it's 10 o'clock. It's the nitty-gritty talk block here with the three of us. we got some things to talk about today. First off, a sound off to uh, Tom Petty, who uh, did pass away last night. He's 67, I believe. Six, 66. 66 years of age. Uh, as I was talking with Dick earlier, Jake, I'm not, I wasn't a particular fan of his music, but I respected it. I respected him, um, and uh, I will miss his presence. He was a staple as far as... You know, the rock and roll, when you think rock and roll, one of the big names you think is, is Tom Petty. I didn't. No? No. Like, I, I, I heard of his music, and I know it's like one of those, if you buy the top 20 hits of this, like the early 80s, late 70s kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then I just missed it. I just missed the Tom Did, Petty and the Heartbreakers boat. I, I saw him in concert in Houston uh, at like BuzzFest, Aerofest, one of, one of those. And that was my first concert to ever go to. Uh, Kansas, Tom Petty, uh, Sticks, awesome concert, and and yeah, I, f- I fell in love with them then. That was so. My favorite exposure is to him was the movie. Do what? Is that why you're wearing that hat? No. Is that where you went to school? <laughs> no. Okay. My favorite exposure to him was in uh, there's a Kevin Costner movie called The Postman, which was universally reviled, but I really liked it. Uh, post-apocalyptic future, um, and Tom Petty pretty much plays himself. <laughs> a little nod and a wink. It's like, hey, aren't you famous? Well, I was once. And, uh, yeah, so that was my primary exposure to Tom Petty. Plus, uh, when I first moved back to America, one of the first videos I saw on MTV was, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it took place, again, in a dystopian future with, like, hover cars and stuff. And it's these, uh, he and the band find these old instruments. And, you know, you know that was the, the gist of the video. But the da- there's another side to the Tom Petty death, and that it was reported way too early yesterday. And... I'm going to rant a little bit on CBS, who kind of led the charge on that. I'm pretty vocal about how I miss the old days of journalism, where you would get two independently verifiable sources before you would put something out. And certainly in the case of a tragedy, especially death, you would wait until the family was notified. And what we find out here is that CBS ran with a story based on an erroneous tip by a single police officer saying that he had died. They put it out without getting it verified. And then saying he died when he hadn't died and, can you, and the family had not been notified as such. And that 
incenses me, Jake and Dick. Um, what happened there? The the rush to be the first with the story, all journalistic integrity is out the window. And this is not TMZ. This is not BuzzFeed. This is not Bob's Basement. This is CBS. And is it excusable that those prior sources or other sources that you named, they're kind of the ones to blame for this? I mean, they started this this era of just knee-jerk reaction journalism that was, I have to be the first to report this. I think they— And therefore, CBS feels obligated that, you know, hey, we've got to run with this story now. Well, I agree with the first half of that, that absolutely your, your TMZs of the world are responsible, but it, that doesn't mean just because everybody else jumps off the bridge, oh, I'm going to— And I'm not, I'm not excusing what CBS did, but no. I, I'm saying that that's— why we've ended up where we're at. Yeah, off the air earlier, Dick and I were talking about, you know, when the turnaround came, because I am pretty, you know, rapidly vivid, livid about this. And uh, I told Dick, uh, one of the first jobs I had when I moved back to America was selling cable television door to door. And it was a hard sell back then in the early 80s, because to convince people there would be a channel dedicated to a single topic for 24 hours a day. Because mm -hmm. up until that point, we had our three broadcasts, ABC, NBC, CBS, there was no Fox. We had independents who showed bowling for dollars and bad movies <laughs> late at night. And at midnight, they'd play the national anthem. And then you'd get the, the static for the rest of the night. So the concept of a single channel showing music only, weather only. And the first one was SNC, Satellite News Channel. And to sell that there would be enough news to necessitate 24-hour day coverage. Now look at it. We had three networks originally, which would give us an hour or so of news a night. So three hours a mm -hmm. night. Now, at any given moment, we have up to 30 news channels running 24-7. And so, yeah, they got to come up with the story. They got to be the first. But it's at the expense of journalistic integrity. It's like the rule book is being thrown out the window. Can you imagine you standing at the deathbed of your husband, father, wife, family member, mother, who has yet to die? And on the news behind you, they're reporting he's, he's dead. And it just bugs the snot out of me. <laughs> well, but I don't think it bugs the snot out of, of all of America. And that's the problem. It should. It, it should. But I, we, we want to consume things as fast as possible and move on to the next, essentially. And we want to be the first to, to be able to talk about it and say, oh, did you hear about this? I want to be the first to get it right. And then that's where I think it's kind of falling apart there. Uh, while we're on the topic of CBS, I have a couple of issues with them. This is my CBS rant of the morning. Uh, there was a vice president uh, lady working at CBS who tweeted that um, the victims of the Las Vegas shootings deserved what they got because they tend to be country music listeners tend to be Republican and gun nuts and was very vocal and clear about she had literally no sympathy for them. Uh, fortunately, she was fired in one of these situations. I think firing is too good. Too swift and, and you know, um, I'm not saying I advocate tar and feathering, but, you know, it's possibility. And but just the mindset on that staggers me that someone has that mindset that has a revulsion for opposing views so hard. We, 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 we can no longer respect opposing views, it seems. And much that's how I opened up with Tom Petty. I was not a fan of his music. Maybe one or two songs I could deal with. Wasn't a fan. I hear the guy was awesome. I'm sure he was an awesome guy. I respected him as an artist, as a man. I just didn't like his music. So I can oppose and even violently oppose op opposing views from the far left or even the far right, views that are contrary to my own, 
but not hate everything about that entity. And I think that I like to think I'm not one of the only people who feel this way. No, but you, you, you are one of the few you're in the last two statements in the last two big CBS rants, you have singled yourself out uh, amongst the majority of Americans. And unfortunately that's the society we, we live in where it's, it's overreaction and it's no tolerance for the opposition. Jake, do you think, uh, cause I mean, obviously you're, you're appreciatively younger than me. And I feel like sometimes I'm the old guy Thanks. yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Um, I have to scroll when it's like age group on a, on a drop down menu thing. I have to scroll down way too far to get, to get to my age group or my year of birth. <laughs> is there a way, I mean, is, do you see a turning point on this? You know, is, is the youth, is the lost cause there or? I, I don't, I, prior to this past election, mm -hmm. I, I thought there was, I thought that we, we were seeing a trend in, in my generation where yeah, the major topics of, uh, homosexuality, transgender, um, political nature, all those sorts of issues were people didn't care as far as my age, what you necessarily thought they were going to do their own, go their own path. But when in the university area of where I'm, I'm at at Sam Houston, the amount of Bernie Sanders supporters there were, and if you came out openly opposed to Bernie and his methods, they ridiculed you. I mean, and I was in a, in a political science class where the only two Republicans in the class that were openly in favor of Trump were my, myself and the professor, which it, it just was, it opened up a, a, a Pandora's box of just everything. They, they ridiculed us. And so mm -hmm. and that was, that was the, the first sign of, no, they're, they're going to be stuck in the same old ways that we've been stuck in for the past, you know, hundreds of years. It's just. Sad. Interesting point on that, because, um, again, Dick and I were talking just before you walked in the studio that it tends to be these shout downs like on college universities used to be the hotbed of discussion. You know, discussion happened on campuses. Changes was affected because of debate, healthy debate. Now, if, if a student hears something they don't want to hear, they're going to dress up like a female body part. They're going to shout it down. They're they're going to get in the person's face or or. or out and go to their safe room until that person is not allowed on campus or cannot even finish a statement. The most recent example is the Secretary of Education who had a very awesome speech, and the speech was actually released so people could actually read what she was going to talk about, but couldn't say because she kept on getting shouted down by this is what white supremacy looks like, which had nothing to do with the topic at hand. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to, to hear you say that, that maybe there's a turning point, because I'd like the discussion to resume. I like to think the, the mob mentality can go both ways. And finally, my, my final CBS rant is that I'm trying to watch the first episode of uh, Scorpion <laughs> because my, my power was off when it came back on. And apparently CBS has yanked off most of the on-demand episodes uh, because they want you to go to CBS All Access. CBS, I'm not going to pay $6.99 a month just to watch cruddy Star Trek Discovery and my one episode of Scorpion. So Let's get with it, CBS. Well, wait, so they're going to charge you six ninety nine, even though you already pay your, your cable subscription. So it's not like if yep. you, you pay ESPN, you get ESPN, watch ESPN. Well, you, what it also means is you don't have to have cable. But CBS literally doesn't have enough you shows to— just have CBS. <laughs> okay, so if I pay six ninety nine for just CBS, uh -huh. six ninety nine for just ESPN, six ninety nine for just HBO, six ninety nine, the NBC list goes on a, and on and on. So yeah. I end up paying cable bills. Pretty much.
And CBS is just not uh, inspire me. I don't to, know. I think it's more of you get to decide what you want to do with your money. Yeah, but what of, if I want to watch something on all this? Well, because I mean, I would say if anything in the future, we're talking about the future of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lot better than what it is now because basically, when you sign on to Comcast or whatever, you're done. You're tied into the red tape for minimum of whatever your contract is. Two years, probably. So, oh, that's what I'm saying. So you're tied in. You can cancel. They'll try to charge you, and then just be this weird. Like, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to pay it. And then you're like, my favorite one is my girlfriend, you know, right when she got her cable, she got NFL Sunday ticket for X amount of days for free. And they said they were going to cancel it after it's done. They never canceled it. So they kept trying to charge her $79 every month or whatever it was. And she's like, I don't want this. Why do I keep getting this? So what, what you're faced with is you're faced with what do you want as a consumer? And then how do you manage it from your month to month instead of two years to two years? So if I want to watch CBS for a month, I just pay the $10, and then I'm done. I'm like, cancel subscription. And like, for example, Netflix. I had Netflix for before it was even on demand uh, online. I had it the DVD for you know two to four years, like when I was in high school and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because they had the lesser-known movies that I couldn't go rent, and I didn't want to spend 30 to $40 for a master master version because those are the movies that only print them in those expensive DVD box sets. And that's why I got it. And then right when I found somebody – like my uh, like my mom or someone who had the online, I'd be like, I'm canceling. I'm just taking your subscription, and we kind of just share. Like that's what a lot of people yeah. do. And clearly, Netflix's model they don't care. No. They even have profiles. You can you can set different <laughs> profiles. Right. So with CBS Access, to me, it's more of like, do you really want to consume that content? And we're talking about a situation where you're paying zero cable bill. You're just paying for your internet. And then you're asking, what do you want to do this month? Well, I want HBO and I want CBS because Game of Thrones is on. And CBS. But that's where that continues to become an issue because go and bundle your internet and cable and you're going to pay $90 a month. Go and pay for just internet, you're going to pay 80 bucks. So I can pay $10 and get unlimited cable or essentially unlimited cable. Right. I think CBS, well, people like CBS need to, and I'll be really brief about this. I'm sure we have to go to break, but they need to, I think, fix their price point because they're, as Jake pointed out, okay, so that's CBS, seven bucks a month. And then NBC, and then ABC, and then Fox. A bundle then, package. Yeah, and... Well, they're still solving the issue with the, like the, this type of culture trying to consume all this content. Really, cable pays X amount of dollars to CBS to have access to their content. Mm. So that's really, that's another factor in this whole deal because I bet you anything, when renegotiations happen, p- these cable companies aren't going to like CBS access because like this is going to take away people from subscribing because they can just watch you on your own and this is why HBO had that big deal with uh, an AMC had that huge blackout on mm-hmm. DirecTV. HBO is going to be facing something similar, but HBO did the right thing 25 years ago where they're an add-on subscription. They're right. not part of the cable package. Now, the cable package can make a special deal saying we're included at HBO. We're going to pay for it technically for you for six months, but then you have to pay the $15 a month. I want to do some research in the break, and I want to talk to you about Sling TV. I want I want to. I heard about that last night, and thank you. I wanted to raise that, yeah, too. It's a pretty interesting deal. We'll be right back. Mornings at Lone Star, Nitty Gritty. Stick around. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theatre and the Owen Theatre, 
Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online. You're back. Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy and Jay. We're uh, bringing the big guns today. We're tearing down CBS bit by bit. Uh, before the break, Dick raised a really good point about um, um, where we're going towards is a pick and choose, like a cafeteria menu of options. And I'm a fan of that. I think CBS is kind of dropping the ball, which is the polite way to put it, of um, charging too much or not offering enough that they're offering basically Star Trek Discovery, The Good Life, or The Good Wife, or whatever it's called, the sequel show, The Good Fight, um, and then pretty much reruns of all mm-hmm. their, their library. Not enough content to grab my attention. Sooner or later, I will find a bootleg copy of the season opener of Scorpion and not have to cave into CBS All Access. I'm sure you could find it now. I'm sure I could. <laughs> I just, I prefer to go the legal route before I go for the questionable route, and I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I do like the concept of picking and choosing one size fits all. And, uh, you know, as a segue, I think that's where the ACA, otherwise known as Obamacare, kind of fell apart. It's one size cannot fit all in any major, whether it's TV or healthcare. You know, and I think there were issues. Always uh, got to make it political. I got to make it political, man. But think he's a, about He's it. a product of that generation. I am a product of that generation. But I mean, I'm 52 years old uh, with a wife who has reached a certain stage in life that, you know, prenatal care is just not in our in our future or our <laughs> present. And unless we wanted to pass it on to the grandkids, there's absolutely no reason for us to pay for that. Um, there are uh, uh, health issues in my family that, would be relevant to me that I would like covered, but other issues that I care not about. And I think uh, for anyone wanting to replace or amend the current healthcare issue would do wise to think about not everyone needs everything. And maybe if you could give us some 10 to choose from as a base package. Do you think the lobbyists of the healthcare providers would, uh, would agree with that? Here's the problem I have with that, Jake. Um, in general, everyone's blaming the insurance industries. If you notice that insurance premiums are too high, it's your insur- insurance provider. It's the wrong, once again, the wrong argument is being argued here. It's not the insurance that's so expensive, it's the services that are so expensive, which necessitate having insurance. For instance, if cars cost 500 bucks each, then we would not need car insurance because we could afford to replace them or pay the medical bills of someone that we hit. So you wouldn't need it. It's the expense of the commodity that necessitates insurance. It is the $5,000 Kleenex boxes. (laughs) It is the $30,000 MRI that are way out of control cost-wise that necessitate insurance. So let's stop blaming the insurance companies and start going after the root of the problem. So the, I guess, how do we do that without looking at the supply and demand of the medical equipment and the doctors and 
the education costs that it, it costs for them to go become doctors. Free market and uh, opportunity. And the second you make a single payer system, single provider system, government run system, that's where you're locked in. Think about it. Well, it's going to be interesting, especially if uh, Donald Trump does the cross-state purchasing for insurance. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really interesting because that's going to kind of flex the market a little bit price-wise because basically now you can go to other states and look for insurance. Right now, you're basically located in your area, what's provided in your area. With the exchange, the Texas exchange. Yeah, so it's going to be – that's going to be really interesting just because – of bargain shopping, like the free market, like you said, because that, that could really affect it for the worse or for the best. Most, I mean, most people who are, you know, economic people, they'll say it's for the best long term because that will always hit that nice point, but there always will be a low point in the free market. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm, if I'm not talking the sooth, I encourage anyone to set me straight, but every technological advance in the universe has happened because of some form of competition. The space race, World War II. You know, um, some you know, profit margins, Coke versus Pepsi, every every technological advance. If you put the government control of it, it goes to the lowest bidder and is committed to death. Think about so, if the U.S. government handled, uh, uh, assumed control of the automobile industry, what cars we'd be driving. They couldn't. Triple A does. No, let's get back to the thing I want to tell Jake about Sling TV. Okay. back. So how we got here was because we were talking about uh, pick and choose packages and yes. the television transition to that. So Sling TV, uh, basically the the pros and cons of it, the pros are the access to channels that are cable channels, but it's just like TV. Uh, and like I said, really what I would encourage you was look at what you consume. If you like on demand, uh, this Sling TV isn't on demand. It is basically live TV and you can record some stuff, but depending on how big your package is and also depending on how good your internet is. Uh, because they do everything by cloud. So you're going to be consuming a lot of data oh, wow. through Sling TV. Uh, and then on top of that, you're looking at uh, having that limitation on being able to to basically record and watch. So it's not a streaming service. That That's where I... It is a streaming service, live TV streaming. So you turn on Disney Channel, you're going to be watching whatever Disney Channel is airing at that moment. So then why wouldn't I just pay for Hulu? Because... And exactly. pay for the upgraded package because exactly. Hulu has both of those options. So that's where I'm saying people are going to be going towards whatever fits their viewing experience. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it is kind of amazing, especially with today's technologies. You can definitely find because the biggest driving force behind this is sports. Well, yeah. Sports is the last one because they're really tied into big money to cable providers. And when those contracts come up, it's going to be really interesting because people don't know what how to handle it. I mean, I know NBC – it's going through a huge debacle right now with soccer because when they purchased the rights to the Premier League in England, the first year they had it, it was really cool because they would put every single game on one of NBC's channels. So that's like USA, NBC Sports, NBC Sports 2, NBC. Uh, there's several others, uh, but they were like you could always watch a game online or on TV. This year what they did was they took 35% of the games away and you have to pay extra on top of your bill to see all the games. Yeah, and I, I think for as far as sports go in American sense, we're going to see the first example of what's going to actually happen as far as negotiations go with major uh, cable companies when uh, the at the end of the 2019 college football season. 
and what ESPN does with the SEC network, what how all that ends up playing out with all the different cable providers and stuff like that. I mean, that'll be a big uh, our big first insight to what the NFL is going to do in 2022 or 2024, what the NBA is going to do in 2022. Um, I don't know when the NHL packages or cable contracts are yeah. up, but it'll be, that'll be the first test well, that we see. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to the writer's strike you know, 10 years ago or wherever it was because they wanted some of the residuals of online. And so that's probably going to be in the negotiations of these contracts. We're allowed to stream this on any service we want, not just DirecTV or whatever. And I know MLS did that with the MLS is like one of the first sports to actually have an all-inclusive watch any games. But unfortunately for the Dynamo, their broadcasting rights are owned by Root Sports. So there's some blackouts with just the Dynamo, similar to the Philadelphia Flyers and the Comcast area. Everybody who's under Root or AT&T. Or, yeah, so like any, anyone that's owned by one of those companies mm-hmm. and uh, they'll be blacked out. But I, you know, there's so many ways to watch sports that doesn't cost any money. If you really are a diehard sports fan, I mean, you go to any bar, pretty much they pay the premiums to show you any game. Uh, but I'm I, still paying for that beer, that, that $5 well, I mean, that's, beer. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of those things you're always going to be spending money somewhere unless, you know, you go the illegal streaming route, which those, those are available on YouTube and all that stuff. But, like, but we don't promote this. Well, no, I mean, it's, well, it's just, it's inconvenient if you're trying to do that. Cause you're, you don't have, Oh, I know it's just channel 21 on it's not guaranteed yeah mm-hmm. but i think it also comes down to each consumer in the united states is going to get smarter and smarter and smarter and figure out this tech and they're like, going to get more discriminating they're going to say you know what i'm not going to pay extra for that 35 percent of soccer games i already paid for the package so i i'm well, they done won't with pay you guys. It. They, yeah. will, they won't pay it or they'll find someone else who will and they'll share i mean like because that's one thing that i'm surprised they don't have an iron fist over is sharing logins because that to me is pretty crazy because well, and like you said, Netflix embraces it. Like, yeah. I shouldn't say they embrace it. But, but don't they have like a limit on it can only be on five, two or three devices yeah, simultaneously? Like I think we yeah. can upgrade the package, though. You can. And so, so like our family has the upgraded package, and we have four logins. But out of those four logins, we're allowed, I think, like 16 screen, four per person at one given time. <clears throat> well, then they have a business model that they understand, okay, you know, we can fight it. We can make it as difficult as possible for people to enjoy it, or we can just cave into it, swallow the loss, and make up for it with more subscribers. And I think more people are willing to subscribe to Netflix because this is perceived, oh, they're so lax, they're letting me get away with something, ha-ha. Yeah. Well, that's why Hulu really, I thought Hulu was going to die off. But then they made those deals with the cable companies, and now they're really one of the premier streaming services because if you want to watch current TV live, uh, live also on top of that previous like if you miss an episode mm-hmm. it's just like watching Netflix but it's for current TV and which is to me is pretty cool unless it's a CBS show like Scorpion because Hulu doesn't have it on okay so, I guess well, CBS yeah. didn't make a contract <laughs> that's with, right didn't make a deal that's with right CBS is there it'll be so desperate to try to keep all access afloat I think uh, CBS you should cut your losses pretty quick it'll be curious to see where the sports land on this because I think they're going to be the big player out of all of it yeah, well, I mean, I think it, the that's where the money comes in, and that's who decides who does what. I mean, the other news, if you didn't know, a couple, uh, not to me, hours ago, Microsoft stopped doing Groove Music. Groove Music was a competitor against Spotify, mm-hmm. and they they closed it down, and like no couldn't one compete. Could, no, couldn't compete with Spotify. So that's one of those things that's going to be pretty interesting to see what the music industry does and how mm-hmm. it, it finally pays out its checks. Uh, it is 1031 here on Lone Star Community Radio. Mornings of Lone Star. We're going to take a break. Mornings of Lone Star. We'll be back after this. 
Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936 266 7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online. It is Morning with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm Skippy, he's Dick, and across from me is Jake. Good morning. And uh, we've been talking, we've been uh, ripping up CBS pretty good. Uh, well, CBS just sucks. Right now they do. I gotta say, guys, uh, CBS. I think you need to. As Jake chokes I had a on his mouthful of coffee. As Jake chokes that. on his Conroe coffee. It's delicious. Delicious Conroe coffee. Um, and we then we start getting the sports and uh, the NFL ticket, etc. And I'm yeah. thinking NFL. That argument is this week not as important as it was last week. No. And uh, just you know, well, I mean, what do you, Jake? What do you think of all this wishy-washy back and forth since this tragedy happened with Las Vegas? There's been reports of like everyone kind of getting it back in the groove of like, let's just get back to the national anthem because we're we've got bigger fish to fry. We're one nation. Yeah. Well, like I was telling earlier, I was like, I really love how ESPN made an announcement last week not to show the national anthem, and then when Las Vegas happened, they're gonna be like, okay, now we're gonna show them national anthem. And it's strange to me one that they had to make statements. Mm-hmm. you know about it because mm-hmm. to me that's they're putting their foot down on one area and then they went back on it because i guess they finally either they've not you know, honestly identified oh when we do the national anthem it's a pride thing it is something that we come together doing an honoring and mourning well but that, that's the that's new, the only way it makes it okay that's well no but that's the new head of uh sports center they, they recently got a new president of operations there and he is uh one that is has come out and said that you know, we're not going to just be these, you know, quiet, you know, people off to the side on social issues. We're not going to just focus on sports because there's more to sports than just the actual games being played. And so he said that, you know, I want to be someone who is a a figure within the public. And, you know, I want ESPN to be that that motivation for change and, and positiveness and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, he he said in doing that, we're going to come out and be vocal and put down our foot in certain areas and encourage other behaviors and certain things like that. So coming down and putting the foot down for against the national anthem, I mean that's just it was his way of, of I guess protesting the flag in, in ESPN's own fashion, and at least that's how I received it. But then when this all happened, well, that's what I'm it, saying. It, he just contradicts it, himself. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's a strength. It's a it's a you're protesting to me, America. It's the but focus issue. <laughs> and no one, and they're not sticking to it. And, and also, his revenue numbers are coming in, and the numbers come in. I did find it interesting that the I think it was the deputy commissioner of the NBA today released today or yesterday released to all team owners in the NBA and all players a reminder of the rules of how to conduct oneself during the national anthem He's with going, the implication of you don't think so. He's going around. He's going about this all the wrong way. I understand that he he wants to reinforce this idea. I mm-hmm. get it. But you have to make this more private. You have got to do this in a more private manner because if, if throwing it out in the public 
shows the the dictator nature of your league, and that looks bad. Not that I am opposed, but he to, is the boss, and if a boss. I, says we have a dress code, we have lunchtime, you get this much an hour. These are your job responsibilities. Don't take this the wrong way. Mm -hmm. What color is his skin? I'm presuming white, but I have no he idea. He is white. Okay. The majority of your players in the NBA are what color skin? Black. Mm -hmm. The majority of your consumer of your product are African-American, black, or some sort of minority. Okay. How is that going to look to them with a white man in power saying, no, you can't do this? If the basketball players were making minimum wage, I would give it a thought. Yeah, but they don't, I'm, not everybody's going to care about that factor. I promise you right now, not everybody's going to care. I absolutely see your points. I, uh, I'll arm wrestle you over it later. I don't fully agree with it, but I absolutely I'm see I'm just saying he with. needs to go about it more quietly okay. and more privately. I get that. Well, I mean, it's also one of those things where he could have definitely said something internally, and then, of course— the first person who sees it is going to see it as they're going to leak and it, and they're going to leak it. And then is that what actually happened? I just heard on the radio that he oh, did. Oh, that could have. I mean, no, I no, no. no. He, he came out and made a public he, statement. Oh, okay, he came out and made a public. Then you statement. know what? I'm Team Jake on that one. If it had been handled internally and then leaked, which you know, four seconds later, it makes all the difference in the world. It really does, which is stupid, but it really does. No, well, then, it, it's a good well, point. then like we were talking about earlier, everything just gets thrown in your face. How much of a joke it is when everyone's responding to this tragedy in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, where are we putting our hearts in this? Where what's What are we as a culture going to be doing about this? And it's just kind of funny to see the people who have been for months talking about this, talking about protesting, and then all of a sudden it's going to be bad taste if we continue to protest. Because I was saying that guy on the Chiefs, I was like, props to that guy. I mean, that guy's going to get so much hate. Because the single person who stayed, who seated. who stayed, like who stuck with it. I mean, that's really what the idea is of the whole idea of the protest is. I begrudgingly respect him for that very purpose. He did stick to two to his guns, and he's absolutely he's an American allowed to well, he's do what he did. Up. I was actually when I saw, it, I was like, I can actually see the NFL finding him. I can actually see that for oh, this one. Oh, if they did, oh the backlash. No, because that would continue the story. To, that would oh, keep yeah. the story yeah. going, and they they're can't. gonna. They're going to hope it dies out. I, again, I, I know Roger Goodell will never come out and say this, but he is thankful that this this event in Las Vegas, this tragedy in Las Vegas occurred. Not because he wanted anything bad to happen to those people, but it took the, the majority was, of the press off he, of him. He was hoping for any headline. And, uh, you know, my recap of the whole sports um, anthem cop thing is that the, the sitting or kneeling or taking a knee started with Kaepernick's, um, I will say, anti-police views and in light of las vegas we had thousands tens of thousands of people running away in one direction and an incredibly brave few in uniform running the other direction running into it so before you start talking about before you start exercising your constitutionally protected right to protest police brutality or police actions know that who was running in one direction and who was running the other. And these same people were running into an unknown situation with an unknown number of gunmen, with unknown arsenal, and someone was the first to kick in that door expecting to die. Everyone, every police officer in Las Vegas was expecting to die that night and still did not cower, did not hide behind a barrier, did not refuse help, did not choose to protest their one job. 
I mean, I did like the, those few drunk dudes who were flicking off the building with their beer in their hand. I that was, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, there's there's some photos. You're like, oh, there's the guy. There's, there's that guy. There's always the one guy who stands in front of the tornado and says, come on, bring it. And it that, is brought. That probably would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Dick. I was getting a little too into that. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the cops, without fail, and, and, and served and protected. You know, I, just don't let the the bad few... Apples ruin the entire bunch. I mean, nobody's perfect. Everybody has bad days. Everybody makes mistakes. And there are bad apples out there. Absolutely. And in the industry, and of course, with when you're a public servant, you're, you are held to a higher standard. But I, my personal hat is off to every, every law enforcement officer every day, but particularly the Las Vegas police this week. So that's all I have to say about the NFL and the anthem this week. And CBS. San CBS. <laughs> hey, the Equifax CEO is gone. <laughs> he took Great eight, transition. Yeah, he took 18 million with him. Oh, really? I, well, I think what it is is only a dollar from just 18 million different people that subscribe to Equifax. He he just dipped in a dollar in each one. But uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't really get the whole thing. I, I get, don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I get that there's great reports and they got hacked. But every time I read a story, it was almost like they did it on purpose. That's what people were trying to say about this whole deal. The, the, the hiding, it uh, it happened. They did not do much about it. It happened again. And that's everyone comes clean and is apologetic once they're caught. And that's in any crime or any bad situation. As a kid, you know, we're, we're, we're not... Sorry, we raided the cookie jar until we we're caught with our hand in it. And then it's, <laughs> sorry. And, you know, we, we always apologize once we're caught. And um, Equifax was caught. And twice, though, right? Twice. Well, they weren't caught the first time, which is why, hey, let's not tell anyone. And we should be okay. We have patches. We need to do it okay later. But if we put them on now, people will know that there's a security breach. So, uh, uh, so he walks away with $18 million in his pocket. And um, I know I'm one of the people who's apparently my uh, information got got hacked. You, you did that thing where it would. And I love the fact that to find this out, you had to put in your social security number <laughs> to a site that was not Equifax run. That just that that was dumb, people. That was just flat out dumb. <laughs> anyhow. So what does that mean it, that you were hacked? I mean, I, I, well, I just got your information. Uh, my uh, some like everything. So do you have to change your your social security. Do you have to change your can't, name. Can't can't do it. The social security is mine and mine alone. My name is mine and mine alone. It's some part or all of my personal financial information is out there. Now here's the thing: someone wanting it bad enough, they're going to get it anyways. You can yeah. piece together. You know, the first three digits of your social security number are based on where you were born or where you applied for it. Hmm. And there's a code. So um, my code is not from the city I was born in, but because I was military, it's through the nearest base. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to give out any numbers. But they're actually codes. If someone really wanted my information bad enough, they got it. My hope is that I'm just so far down the food chain. And, you know, it's like, please take my identity. Let me get another one. <laughs> please. <laughs> But you are listening to the Mornings of the Lone Star. We do have to take a break. Take it. We'll have our last segment coming up, and uh, we'll talk more. MWL Lone Star on Facebook, 936-647-3776. To leave us a message, stick around. We'll be back. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. 
Between the Crichton Theatre and the Owen Theatre, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online. And we're back. Morning's Lone Star, the nitty gritty, folks. The nitty gritty. We're here till about 11 o'clock. Coming up after that will be Chamber Chat with the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce. There's a lot of stuff going on this week and weekend. Just to give you a heads up, if you're looking for something fun to do with your family, Thursday, there will be a farmer's market in downtown Conroe. And then there will also be a scavenger hunt, which we are participating here at Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, more information, experience downtown Conroe's Facebook or just look up Scavenger Hunt, Conroe, all that kind of stuff. Dick, another so. fun thing is happening in Conroe tonight, of all things. It's National Night Out, and at the uh, Target parking lot right there on 105 and I-45, yeah. 5 to 8 p.m., there's going to be family-filled fun. I like alliteration. Um, there will be a law enforcement there, fire departments, a booths. Uh, bring the whole family out, learn some safety stuff, and get to know your neighbors. Is that where that bowl is going to be? They're going to have a big bowl there, right? Yes. Yes. I have no idea. I heard there's going to be like a 2,000-pound bull there that you can go pet and 2,000 pounds? That's a lot of Big Macs. That is. But he's like, yeah, I don't know. I think Is it Bevo? I don't know. I don't know. I, somebody was talking about it on one of the shows. I can't remember. Hey, if that's the case, I am so there. I want to pet a bull. Well, Cross it off my bucket list. The problem is you have to have money to go out, and I... I'm not in that market right now. Ah, but you see, <laughs> this, this particular uh, night out is my favorite color, free. Oh. Yeah, it's free. If you need gas money, I'll talk to you after the show. Because <laughs> we want to spread that community cheer. But yeah, so uh, if you folks are looking for more information on that Thursday and then tonight, Target, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend with Lone Star Community Radio. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully that that's the better news of today. One of the funniest things that I always like reading about is Mark Zuckerberg and how silly he is. <laughs> uh, and he's he's on this like apology tour for Facebook right now, if you haven't been reading about... Really? What's he apologizing for? He's Dick? apologizing about how Facebook was used to divide people, about the Russia thing, and about all the hate that is filled through the Nazis using Facebook, and how he got they got caught advertising to certain hate groups because their computers would advertise to them what other hate groups are advertising to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just fun. I just, this guy, this guy is a really interesting past. And it's, it's funny how he, it's, I always ask the question, how did he get here? How's he still getting here? Like what's going on with this guy? And uh, I think it would be great to do some research on Mark Zuckerberg, especially how Facebook was created and really Facebook, how it grew to what it is today. I Something mean, beyond uh, the social network, the movie, which Aaron Sorkin wrote. And it's actually, dialogue was awesome. But I'd like to wonder, I wonder how much of it was apocryphal and which, you know, not dramatized. And uh, But it's a good starting point. If you haven't seen it, do watch it. Yeah. I mean, he has a, I, I, it was great when they did the IPO of it. I was like, why would they do what? And I mean, it is what it is now. But I wonder how much money Facebook's making these days, especially from Russians. <laughs> that's right and where will facebook be in five or ten years i mean think about it uh, of all the hot stuff that you know had you know first it was myspace and 
And, you know, lots of technological advances soon get uh, made way well, to, for it, others. Well, it's almost like they took Google's business plan is they had to set a cash flow. They had to have a company that gets a cash flow, and that's where Facebook ads comes into play. And then Facebook uses that cash to their advantage, either purchasing cooler apps that people consume, like Snapchat and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then they just keep running with the ball on that until they develop something new, similar to like how Google has now become Alphabet. And Alphabet so is they'll the, integrate into the next level. Yeah, it's like it's like the beast is growing, and it's going to keep growing. And I, I don't I don't know Facebook today really. Like how I use it, we use it for the business here. It's a great way to spread news at a faster pace because people, it's kind of like everyone getting together, reading the Montgomery County Police Reporter to see everyone that's going to jail. Similar to that, like if people go to Facebook, if they fine tune their Facebook like I did, I everything I see is relevant to me and I like reading it. So it'd be like either friends having babies or, you know, things like that, that I'm not continuously calling them like, hey, you have a baby yet? Do you have a baby yet? And then you see it on Facebook. Oh, congratulations. Call them. Like, hey, I saw that. Congratulations. I think Facebook actually found its niche with that. If you remember the, do you remember the early days, uh, Jake, of Facebook? It was way different than what it is. Well, well, it you, is you mean when college dudes got to check out the college girls coming into school? Yeah, I, I know yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, those little little games and stuff. Yeah, well, the Facebook of today, and I think Zuckerberg and company got smart and and they, they found their niche. This is for the families wanting to keep in touch, uh, knowing that, and as you pointed out, there are other platforms that the kids are going to, and so they're buying them up. They're integrating. It's a lot like what well, the uh, Holy Roman, uh, the Roman Empire did. I think what also <laughs> is if you look at the maturity grows with people. That's what Facebook offers. It offers the depth yeah. of what people are looking for in relationships. Now, like Snapchat and like the younger crowd, that's just quick fun. But six seconds of video. And that, or that's good for I, I would say for fun and younger people. But as we get older, we're looking for more relation, more deeper meanings and relationships and stuff like that. And that's why if you go to Facebook, they're constantly making those silly reminders and those videos because they know that really touches you because you've been on. Like if you're on Facebook for more than two yeah, years, right? you'll be reminded. Hey, remember last year this person died, <laughs> and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, I remember one time I got a reminder was like it said the way they worded it was as if I passed away. And it's like always remember Richard Schisler for, you know, the things he did or something like that. I was like, why is Facebook reminding me of this? <laughs> and like it was really strange. But uh but no, I mean it's a great tool to use. And Zuckerberg is growing too. He's aging with it. Yes. So he's changing his personal business model of it, his vision of it, to match his own hopeful maturity. Well, I mean, I don't really know. I, know, I remember reading the first uh, or watching the first IPO meeting, what he wanted to do is he really wanted to tie in the email and your bank account all into one thing. So you go to Facebook. So instead of clicking on the ad for Amazon, it'll take you to Amazon. It would all be inclusive on Facebook. And you'll notice a lot of people don't realize it's on your apps, like on your phone. If you click on an ad or something through Facebook on your phone, it keeps you in Facebook. Mm -hmm. You're using like a web browser in Facebook. And that's and they use this data somehow. People buy it or they use it to whatever. That's one thing I've never fully understood. I wish I could get some tech guy to explain to me the end result of collecting all this data. Is it useful when the the standard usefulness of it is oh we want to sell you stuff? But how effective is it really? Because the only time only thing I can think of is it's used for bad. Like all this data being collected can <laughs> only like really be effective if it's used for malicious natures of activities and things like that, right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And obviously we're going to find some way to tie AAA into this. 
Well, I mean, they're 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 the the soul of good. They're they're, they're for the good. Well, have we changed our stance on AAA? Are they? I are, never said they were bad. Oh, okay. Well, good. Oh, well, I've been thinking they were bad. Okay, thank. Okay, so I can come out and say I love AAA. <laughs> but uh, no, I always wondered that. Like, you know, always always talking about you know always collecting our data, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I'm like, all right. So, what positive things can we use this data for? If we're selling it to some like some Amazon company to sell us ads, I just don't see the money. I don't see it getting the return. Because when I, I know some fr- friends of mine literally work for companies that w- set up companies to do click advertising, and they get paid per click through, and if it's effective or not. And I just don't see it being that effective. Has it worked on you guys? Have you ever purchased something through an ad online? No. Um, through Facebook, uh, an ad may pop up. Uh, like uh, if I research a book or something through Amazon or some video equipment, uh, Facebook will soon reflect it afterwards. So obviously there's a tie-in. But I will still go to my source. I'm an Amazon Prime member. I will go to Amazon through Amazon. Yeah. I'll try to cut out as many middlemen as possible. Well, I mean, because that, that, that's the argument between the Coca-Cola advertising. Why is Coca-Cola advertised? Well, because they just want to remind you they're still around, not because they're trying to sell you this thing to buy today. It's more of like, you know, this is that's what Amazon does. Just come to Amazon to purchase all your stuff, which they, that's why they had that huge study about the interface of the one click through and how a huge issue when that first happened. Uh, look it up. Amazon had a big issue when they introduced the one-click buy thing. Mm-hmm. People didn't really get it after they set it up that it literally was one-click buy. <laughs> and so, like, family members were clicking on, you know, like, oh, I like that. But they didn't understand the difference between look more into it or click to buy now. and like, Or, like, even shopping cart it. Or- yeah, so – People were clicking on it and like they're showing up. Like oh, I didn't click this. Oh, little Timmy did. It should be and a lot of, to have the "Are you sure?" window pop up on anything. Yeah. But uh, thanks for checking us out today, folks. We'll be back tomorrow morning, uh, and this will be available if you're just now tuning in. This morning's alone star nitty gritty. Uh, thanks, Jake from Jake from Sports Talk. He'll Yay. be on tomorrow at one o'clock talking sports. And don't forget, we're on iTunes, YouTube, and Google Play for our podcasts. And special thanks to Tom Petty for all the music he did and the people he influenced. Thank you, Tom. And all that kind of stuff. And especially our sponsor, Conroe Coffee. Thank you, Conroe Coffee. Coming up next, Chamber Chat with your late Conroe, Conroe Chamber of Commerce. So stick around here on your community radio station. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights